The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. On this Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, this is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird with you here on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, and uh, joined by one of our good friends from the Auburn Beat, the recruiting guru himself, Christian Clement from Auburn 247 joining us in the studio for all of our number one to catch you up on all things Auburn football recruiting if you haven't seen what's going on in recruiting if you haven't seen what's going on in the transfer portal if you haven't seen what is happening with Auburn football in general that's why we bring him in so Christian good to hear from you good to see you brother hope all is well we appreciate you coming in yeah has anything really been happening in Auburn no I don't think so it's been uh it's been pretty slow so yeah, no, no. It's, it's been uh, it's been pretty chaotic um, and just got back into town last night. Actually, uh, me and Jason called when we went down to Mobile for a little recruiting road trip, um, hit some of those schools. And I'm sure we'll talk about that probably a little bit, too. Um, but did that and then now back to Auburn, back to probably closing out the transfer portal a little bit. But what else were you doing when you were down there? You weren't just working, right? You were you were oh, yeah, no, swinging was, the clubs a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, we were out there. We hit a Lakewood Golf Club kind of uh, right by Theodore. Um Jason and I did with one of his good buddies. Um, shout out to him for getting us on the course, actually. But it was a lot of fun. Um, driver wasn't there. I stashed it after the first hole, pulled out the three wood, and honestly was kind of ripping the three wood all day. That's the Carter it. Bird move right there. It's just put the driver <laughs> away I, hey, and hey, pull hey. out an iron and put it in the fairway I every time. I figured it out now some. <laughs> I, I, so, Christian, I spent this past weekend at Sweeten's Cove up there in uh, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Huh, awesome okay. course. That place is unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to find it. First time playing in a long time. And so I've, I've – the driver has been the, the, the toughest one to figure out for me. But I'm starting to figure it out. When I played with Jacob, I literally played six iron and down because I didn't trust anything else that, that day. But sometimes that's the move. I mean – Look, if you're not hitting the driver well, you're not hitting the driver well. I'll pull out a five hybrid and hit that most of the time. Like, yeah, I don't blame you. I've gone four hybrid off the tee box before. It just and the three wood is really finicky. But I just I found something really special out there yesterday <laughs> with the three wood and kind of so rolled. So what do we what do we shoot? Uh, I actually don't have my score. We oh, okay, that's feels... a lie. Okay, here, here's I'm starting to get a little skeptical on this story. <laughs> here, here's, the, here's the situation. It was raining. It rained like it poured the night before. Ah. It was raining a little bit on the front nine. Back nine, sun comes out. It is humid as all can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you for a fact I had two triples, which is tough. Yeah, uh, that, that'll make the score jump up quite a bit. Yeah, I had probably like three or four doubles um i had a bird on 18 there you go awesome there you go um and then i had i think i finished the round feeling good about yourself yeah and then i think i had like three or four pars um so it was okay it could have been better i kind of just 
you know, we were just playing for fun. I, I kind of just chalked the score and moved on. But could have been worse is how yes. I always try to look at it when it comes to golf. Could have been better, but it definitely could have been worse. Well, Christian, hopefully uh, it sounds like you're busy and hope you all is well. It sounds like you're getting on the golf course a little bit, but you've been working when you're not on the golf course because there are so many things going on right now in Auburn football around recruiting and the transfer portal. And that's why we bring you in uh, the recruiting guru himself from Auburn 247. You're joining us for all of our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. And we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, questions for us, questions for Christian, uh, who covers it better than anybody else here in town. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. That number again, 334-321-1390. You can also tweet at us, reach to us on there at on Twitter at ESPN1067. Again, you can shoot us uh, some comments, questions, concerns for us or for Christian uh, if you want to know what's going on in the world of recruiting and the transfer portal. And so let's jump into it because we have stuff to talk about. And it seems like, you know, we were getting into that point when the transfer portal got here, the window was open, and even a couple of days after the window closed, the concern for Auburn fans, Christian, was where's the noise? Where's the movement? Where are the players that Auburn was expecting to get that guys like us sat here and talked about that Auburn was going to get? And it went from really really slow and almost dead quiet to the loudest noise you can make across the country when it comes to the transfer portal so what have you seen and what's impressed you about what Auburn and Hugh Freeze have done so far in additions and subtractions as well through the transfer portal yeah well I mean they've navigated the obstacles Um, I think honestly you know we had talked about it I think probably the last time I was on the show Um, you know in all honesty the second transfer portal window was a little quieter than Auburn and I think some other schools expected as well Um, but you know, some guys ended up hopping in the portal that Auburn liked, and they jumped on them quickly. Um, Jalen McLeod would be one that instantly comes to mind. Um, obviously, Peyton Thorne, but we'll talk about him more um, extensively. But Jalen McLeod, I mean, he was in the portal for a little bit, visits Auburn, um, commits to Auburn during his visit, and announces a couple days later. Um, so Auburn is – it's still – it's stuck to its plan in that sense, um, and it's navigated things, I would say – pretty well for the staff and I think as of right now you feel really good about what they've landed in those four guys in Peyton Thorne, Jaden McLeod, Caleb Burton and Jaden Muskrat um, and really there's only a couple more holes left on this team um, Hugh Freeze was at the the re- I think it was the Regions Pro-Am this morning mm-hmm. um, and he spoke with media beforehand and Nathan Kane was there and talked to him a little bit I think he said maybe one or two more wide receivers um, which is notable because two wide receiver transfers have visited Auburn so far, and Auburn sits in a good spot with both of them. Uh, another defensive end, a linebacker, um, and I believe it was maybe another cornerback or another defensive back, I should say. Um, so there's still a couple holes left, but all of a sudden now you feel pretty darn good about where this roster stands. You still have some concerns in certain areas. Um, you would probably like to have a little bit more depth along the offensive line, mm-hmm. um, especially at the tackle positions, but you kind of just got to work with what you got, to be honest. Um, well, I mean, that's why I think a guy like Muskrat is so big, because he has played tackle at the FBS level opposite Dylan Wade, so having him on campus along with I think Isaiah Miller might be a little more need some time to develop, but I think you've got two guys there that if you were absolutely forced into it, you could feel a little better than I think years past. Years past, it just feels like once an injury happens on the Auburn offensive line, it is just 
Uh, it's like playing musical chairs trying to figure out which five you want out there. And it's always, always you want your best five out there. I don't think the last uh, couple staffs had any idea who their best five was and what the winning combination was. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why Muskrat is such a big pickup. You know, he's expected. Um, we actually talked to him a little bit before he shortly before he committed, and we talked to him and kind of um, asked him kind of what Auburn had been telling him, and it lined up with what we expected of, you know, Auburn likes him as more of a guard. Um, you could probably pair him and Cam Stutz um, opposite Jeremiah Wright. Maybe those, maybe him and Cam Stutz rotate a little bit. But Muskrat is definitely probably your your swing tackle. Um, if someone goes down, then mm-hmm. you know he would slot in at tackle. Um, so that's definitely big pickup. Um, Auburn needed at least one more guy on the offensive line, and they still might get another guy. Um, JUCO offensive tackle Markel Bell, who's an enormous human being. Yes, he? he is listed at I believe six foot nine, three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> Always smoked. Um, man. And he was planning to play another JUCO season, uh, but now some schools picked up interest on him. Um, I talked to him week or two ago it was now um and he's supposed to visit this weekend um and auburn wants him to enroll like next month um, oh wow play okay this fall so he's a potential you know he could be one more option um he'll still need some more work but he's another kind of emergency tackle option well what did he say when you if you're able to tell us a little bit what he said i'm sure you asked him about auburn and his yeah. and the other schools that were reaching out to him and what kind of what he was wanting to do uh, since you said that he was wanting to play another year at juco but then if some bigger schools were like hey we'd like you to come play here then yeah that'd make you change your mind what do you have to say yeah no he i mean he he said that um i believe it was he talked actually with hugh freeze and it was hugh freeze that offered him and said look you know we need more help we need it right away um and mississippi state had been kind of telling him that a little bit but then it was hugh freeze that actually said look we need help right away we need you right now um and um in all honesty this is not a crystal ball necessarily but i kind of think he might end up committing after this visit this weekend that's just a guess Auburn? yes mm-hmm. that's just a guess his, um, his only prediction in the 247 crystal ball is to mississippi state hmm. with a nine on the confidence meter how about Interesting. that when was that uh, does it say I think I, I, I do remember it. It was before Auburn had offered. Okay, um, it was yeah, it was uh, April twenty second. Okay, so you're looking at two two and a half weeks from so from this is, today. This is Auburn taking on uh, Will Friend. Yep, I was about to go right there with it. That's right. Former Auburn offensive line yeah. coach, Will Fritt. Well, how big is it in your mind, Christian, and for us in general that we can discuss, how big of a factor is it when you look at a guy like him or you look at a, a Jada Muskrat from Tulsa where Auburn can literally go and walk in the door and say, we can guarantee you playing time because we need your help because we're diminished right now. We're trying to rebuild on the offensive line where Hugh Freeze and these guys can walk in and say, hey, I need you right now, and you are going to play on this team. That is so big to where not many schools can say that right now. Yeah, that's uh, it definitely makes things a little bit easier. You know, you go back to the first portal window, um, and Dylan Wade was one of the most coveted transfer portal offensive linemen out there, one of the most coveted transfer portal players out there. Um, and obviously the connection with Philip Montgomery definitely helps. But, I mean, Auburn was taking on the likes of USC. I think Ohio State had offered him. A lot of schools were in on him, um, but that immediate playing time is definitely a factor obviously helped with Avery Jones, Gunnar Britton. Um, it certainly helps. And, you know, I was talking about this with somebody. They were asking me, like, hey, you know, is is Muskrat good? Like, are, you know, are we just taking Tulsa's whole offensive line? Like, what's the deal here? I was like, it, they're going after quality players and quality players that can help mm-hmm. contribute right away. Yeah. I think I saw – I need to find exactly where I saw the stat. But Auburn will have lost something like 3,000 total snaps off of the offense from last year to this year. 
but as it stands right now, is adding something like ten thousand. Yeah, it was Ferg. Snaps. He had like it's it, always Ferg. They, they have a, yeah, they <laughs> it's have, always Ferg. I think Ferg has those stats. I don't know how he always has one. Every day he has one. Yeah, it was a net gain of. I think it was on offense and defense. A net gain of like eleven thousand something snaps. Wow. Um, so you're adding a lot of experience. Um, in all honesty, you look at all of the players that have left Auburn in the transfer portal. I mean, I'll open up this question to you guys. Is there anyone that you're just like, I mean, that you know, that really hurts Auburn this year? I mean, I don't think Auburn won to lose Jeffrey Umba, but I don't think that's a big deal. We liked what Landon King could do, but it never really fully clicked here, and mm-hmm. I th- he needs to go be a tight end, and I think he knows that. Um, and uh, yeah, Ch- I'm, of, I'm of the opinion that Brian Harson and that staff – telling him to drop weight to play receiver really set him back set him back two years maybe and that's the worst thing that could have happened to Landon King but that's the thing like look at all of the departures from Auburn in the transfer portal nothing's really all that significant um with all due respect um you know another guy like Chick Dawson it's like we you like the potential but it never really there's one or two I mean one or two where you're like that hurt but you're not like oh man I'm like crap we lost him you know what I mean there's no heartbreakers and then look at all the guys that Auburn brought in all of them even compare it to last year when Auburn hit the portal you know Auburn picked up like Craig McDonald out of the portal last year and it was like you know maybe he could contribute and he didn't end up doing anything and now he's in the portal again Everybody that Auburn has picked up, it's like, yeah, he's going to have to contribute. The only one that's maybe a little uncertain is like Caleb Burton yeah, out of Ohio State, the wide receiver. But it's like you like the potential so much and you you expect you know, Auburn clearly likes him because they were willing to take him mm-hmm. um, and they I, feel confident about his playmaking ability. I feel confident that he's he's going to play. Oh, the yeah. upside I think, on I think him. he's going to play and play a lot. Yeah, the yeah. upside is why Auburn went after him. And Carter and I have talked about this numerous times already. Heard kind of Garrett Wilson-ish mold yeah. i mean if you which, have the chance to go get an ohio state wide receiver i don't it. care if he played or not you go and, and you take the risk he's worth it yeah someone had said to me um i don't care if he looks like will hastings i'll take an ohio state <laughs> wide receiver oh yeah exactly um, exactly brian hartland i've said this brian hartland's the best receivers coach in america and the the amount of talent he pumps out into the nfl heck sometimes not even from his school go look at jameson williams but you see you the his ability to identify talent, to develop talent, any Ohio State wide receiver that hits the portal, you at least have to look at. And you got to lean towards, to me, taking a flyer on and just seeing what happens. Yeah, no, I th- don't get me wrong. I absolutely think Caleb Burton is going to be an impact player. I'm just saying he's the only one in my mind that I'm like, you know, I don't know for certain. It's like you know what the f- four transfer offensive linemen are going to bring you. You obviously know what Peyton Thorne brings you. You know what Brian Batie brings you. You know what Rivaldo Fairweather brings you. You can go down the list. Everyone has a role. You're just maybe a little uncertain about Burton, but you feel really good about his potential and what yeah. he can really brings. I mean, he's the only one that doesn't have any actual stats, so it makes sense. Yeah. Or yeah. snaps on the field. And so realistically, it's a risk because you just don't know what he's going to be. But again, we we talk about the, the potential of what Caleb Burton can be, and I think that's why Auburn went and got him. And, and it's important, I want to note, too, because it's easy for – for us, when we obviously do this for a living, where Auburn picks up a commit and we try to talk him up and, and tell you why he is the best thing since sliced bread. And there's any program and any media outlet in the country when a team gets a recruit from the from the high school ranks or from the transfer portal. OK, well, here's why this guy is it. Here's why this guy is the best option, why this team could have gotten him. But I'm with you, Christian. I think when you look at the guys that Auburn's brought in, there are some really, really good players here. And I think are not only good players, 
instant impact players. And I think that that's a term that I use quite a bit on this show And I believe it because that's what the transfer portal is for. Go and find guys that can be instant impact players where you can upgrade from your losses and even upgrade from the guys that are currently on the team. And you look up and down the ones coming in versus the ones that left. And even compared to the ones that are still here, Auburn has done that. They have either found equals or upgrades from what they've had, what they currently have, or what's left the program. Yeah, look, ideally you want to use the transfer portal as like a a plug. You don't want to get – you don't want to build your whole roster out of the transfer portal unless you're Lane Kiffin, I guess. Um, Ideally you want to recruit at a really high level and maybe a certain position slips through the cracks a little bit and like, hey, I need a linebacker or I need this. You want to take a couple of guys – out of necessity, um, obviously, because of where the roster stood, Hugh Freeze and the staff had to attack the transfer portal heavily. They've done that, and they've done it really, really well. And you know, they've had to just uh, out of necessity, they've had to plug in at a lot of different spots. And you know, it's worked for certain teams before. You know, LSU kind of got some magic last year where yeah. they had a whole new roster basically, and it, everything kind of worked out pretty well. And, and shocked they the world. Stumbled, they stumbled into one probably the best defensive player in the country this upcoming season and two two true freshman offensive tackles that walked in and started and were yeah. studs yeah. i mean that doesn't does happen. not happen no Harold, it doesn't Harold, finding harold perkins and then finding those two tackles that does not happen the way that it happened mm-hmm. well auburn is doing well in the transfer portal right now we have christian clemente of auburn 247 joining us in the studio for all of our number one from now until three o'clock we're talking about the guys that have come in the ones that have left and where auburn could continue to go when it comes to transfer portal recruiting and all that good stuff we're talking the offensive lineman we'll get to the receivers and of course we'll talk about that quarterback auburn brought in as well we'd love to hear from you any comments questions concerns 334-321-1390 we continue with Christian Clemente when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio at ESPN 106.7 where we are joined by Christian Clemente of Auburn 247, the uh, recruiting guru. Have you put that in your Twitter bio yet? Because I've been I, I've been calling you that and you haven't you haven't claimed it yet. I have not. I just I just have recruiting reporter. Um, <sighs> that's that's fine. Well, where <laughs> I appreciate the, the nickname and I do like it, but it's a. Uh, I like to try and stay at it's least not somewhat as, humble. I was about to say, it's not as professional as you would like. That's okay. Well, <laughs> I'll give you a chance a couple of times throughout this hour to do this, but tell everybody where they can find you and all your fantastic work because uh, we bring you on uh, because, yeah, we like you a little bit, but you do have really <laughs> good uh, information when it comes to recruiting. So let everybody know where they can find all your fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's all over at uh, auburnundercover.com um, and then on my Twitter at cclemente247. We've already had a ton of stuff today. We're kind of rolling out. Um, our mobile gulf shores that road trip those stories we had stuff on perry thompson today the five-star alabama commit out of foley um, the thing we've been doing when we've been going to see kids is we'll do like a video with them you know a little two-minute video interview um, which i think is a good way for fans and people and everybody to see not just see the recruit not just see the recruits profile and five stars or whatever but really get a feel for them and kind of get a feel for the recruit and we've got a ton more content 
uh, more five stars, Ryan Williams, uh, more Alabama commits, also Ryan Williams, Sterling Dixon, stuff like that. So we've got a lot over at AuburnUndercover.com. Yeah, and that's what that's a lot of what you do is going and seeing these guys and talking to them face to face after visits and after practices and all these different things. And so I know you enjoy and you do a fantastic job. Well, talking about some of the guys that have come into Auburn from the transfer portal. Uh, again, we're going to get to the quarterback coming up because there's a quarterback that left. There's a quarterback that's coming in, and of course that's what everybody is excited about but they should also be excited about the guys that are coming in we already mentioned Jaden Muskrat the offensive lineman uh, from Tulsa but you also have Caleb Burton we mentioned his name a little bit from Ohio State Uh, you have Jalen McLeod which seemed like was the kickstarter was the igniting of the flame of this transfer portal window which really got the ball rolling a little bit for Auburn in this transfer portal and so you pick up the the defensive uh, linebacker with Jalen McLeod you pick up a receiver with Caleb Burton there seems to be more receiver noise outside with Auburn in that aspect so before we get to the quarterback Christian just your your thoughts and opinions on what Auburn has done so far with with McLeod and Caleb Burton uh, and then uh, Muskrat the offensive lineman you got you got one in three different spots but all three players that can make impacts here yeah um, you know we just talked about it in the last segment you plugged in holes where you absolutely had to you absolutely had to have at least one edge rusher um and i think auburn will probably try and take another um especially after dylan brooks departed which was not a big loss um because he had really not done too much and we weren't expecting too much um and so you replace his scholarship spot theoretically with Jalen mcleod who has proven production at appalachian state including against texas a&m last year um, where he was dominant in that game so he brings you a speed rusher that honestly Auburn hasn't had in quite a while um, off the edge there. Um, you had to have more help at receiver and you still need more, um, but you get a really high upside player in Caleb Burton who's probably can be a slot guy. Him and uh, Javarius Johnson and Jay Fair can kind of fill that role on the inside. Jaden Muskrat um, swing tackle potentially, but slot him in really as a guard. Um, I mean, kind of versatile can play four of the five spots yeah pretty much you could put him in either guard spot um you'd probably prefer to not put him at left tackle but yeah, you could right. if you could if need be well i mean um i would have said dylan wade's probably a little small for left tackle i mean typically you're looking for your six five six six guy he's six four uh and they feel very comfortable with him i mean buskrat's a little smaller than that but who knows yeah i mean look the thing is he's your he's your emergency kind of swing tackle i think he projects as a starting guard and Mm -hmm. you know someone goes down then you you slot in a connor lou or you slot in a cam stutz or jeremiah Wright, whoever at guard um and you would move muskrat over same for azavian miller whatever either way you feel you know auburn's picking up the right guys at the right spots um and that was the term that hugh freeze had always said about the quarterback position they wanted the right quarterback and that's kind of who they ended up getting Mm -hmm. in in y'all's opinion and our listeners as well do you, with the addition of Jaden Muskrat, because I just think it's so important for Auburn to continue getting offensive linemen, and because look, guys, for years we couldn't talk about this. We couldn't talk about Auburn going and, and boosting their offensive line and getting this rare and, and, and crazy word called depth on the offensive line, where now they can do that and they have that and they're still working to get that. With Jaden Muskrat, who is, is 6'4, 275, who is more than likely a starter on this team or a really, really solid depth piece. Does that does that speak more of what Jaden Muskrat is or where the offensive line was and currently is with him coming in the door? 
Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, um, in all honesty. I think part of it is, look, Auburn had to get guys. Um, and, you know, that even went back to what I just said in the last minute. You know, guy was like, you know, is, are, are we taking Tulsa offensive line? Like, what's happening here? Um, and it's like, look, Auburn had to. Auburn had to get guys. Auburn did not have enough scholarship offensive linemen before Hugh Freeze and them got here. They had to sign a big high school class. They had to sign a big transfer class. They'll have to do the exact same in the 2024 cycle as well. Maybe a little bit less on the transfer portal side, but probably still about the same. That's just where Auburn was. Um, but when you look at Muskrat, I mean, Arkansas was the other school really in the mix for him, and he's from Arkansas. So Auburn wins that battle. Um, Old Miss had offered him. I think Penn State had offered him. So there were some other good schools in on him. Um, so I would definitely consider that a quality win. You're telling me landing eight offensive linemen in the 2020, 2021, 2022 classes put Auburn behind the eight ball where they had to then go take <laughs> nine? Yeah, uh, yeah, those numbers really start to pile up. <laughs> Look, eventually, like the thing was, and you could see the writing on the wall for a while. Um, I guess it was last offseason when it was like Austin Troxel and Nick Brahms, like all these guys are coming back for one more year. It's like, okay, you've got one more year of them. You know, you've got one more year of what will probably be a little bit below average offensive line play, to put it nicely. Um, and then something's got to change. And, under Brian Harson, it was not changing. It was not changing not in recruiting, um, but Hugh Freeze definitely changed it. Yeah, and with that, you had to build behind them, and they just didn't do that. But it seems like Hugh Freeze is relocking and reloading on the offensive line. We're joined by Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 for all of our number one. Don't you worry. We're talking quarterbacks when we come back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We are halfway through our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird, and we are joined by our good friend Christian Clemente of Auburn 247, uh, who is the uh, go-to recruiting guy in town, talking all things Auburn football recruiting within high school, transfer portal, you name it. He is all over it, and so he is joining us for all of our number one, and uh, we've been talking the guys that Auburn has brought in through the transfer portal, except the one position the quarterback so we are going to talk about that uh, coming up right now with the quarterback that left the program the quarterback that has now come in the program and we'll talk about all that with Christian Clemente and I believe this guy on the phone lines wants to talk about quarterbacks as well Terry you're on the line welcome in hey good afternoon guys how y'all doing doing fantastic Terry good good Christian how you doing man I'm doing good how about you pretty good pretty good Um, yeah I do have a question about Peyton Thorne and, and we all have to be respectful and say there's going to be a quarter competition. But th- let's be honest, guys. Peyton Thorne ain't coming here to sit on the bench. This is true. This is true. But but I, I, I will say, it's worth mentioning, I mean, Ole Miss took two quarterbacks on the transfer portal, and both of them lost the battle to Jackson Dart. Now, I agree with you. Peyton Thorne's better than anything Auburn had in that in that quarterback room right now. I agree. That that's that, that was my point. Now, like I said, we got to be respectful, you know, for the hard work that the guys put in, especially Robbie after them. But he's not coming here to sit on the sideline and watch the, the, the season. That's just not his. That's not his thing. And I was going to ask Christian, what's the situation with the receivers? Because receivers, first thing they want to know is who's throwing on the ball. They know who's throwing on the ball. 
Yeah, no, that's... So when do we start seeing a guy like the guy from Michigan State or the guy from uh, Colorado or the kid from uh, the Texas school? I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Yeah, Jair Shorter from North Texas. Sure, um, yeah. And, yeah, in all honesty, uh, I think the biggest thing was, you know, Hugh Freeze was talking at the Regions program today, and he said, look, we want to take one, maybe two more wide receivers. I think there's a good chance Auburn gets the Colorado receiver, Montana Lamonius Craig, and gets Great the name, North... Great yeah, It is, and gets the uh, North Texas wide receiver, Jair Shorter. Um, See, so then you'd have those two guys. You'd have Caleb Burton. You honestly kind of count Rivaldo Fairweather as a receiver that they brought in in the first window because he's that really a true hybrid tight end. And then you'd have Nick Mardner, um, and that would probably fill out your receiver room. And so getting Peyton Thorne definitely helps. Um, with Caleb Burton, he was coming to Auburn no matter what. You know, I had talked to him a little bit, and he said, no matter what, I was coming to Auburn, um, even if it was Robbie Ashford as the quarterback or whoever. He just really clicked here. But getting Peyton Thorne definitely helps. It becomes a, a more attractive destination, I guess you could say. You have you have, Auburn, a, you have a selling point. If Auburn was to get shorter and then the guy out of Colorado, I'm not going to say his name because you did a great job. I like that name, by the way. Um, Auburn all of a sudden has an uh, advantage on receiver. Nobody's talking about it. That's a size advantage. All those guys are pretty tall. Yeah, they, they become are. better in the red zone. And that, that, that's, what, that's what people must understand. No, that would be huge. Um, I mean, we had even seen it in the first uh, kind of in spring practice. You've got Rivaldo Fairweather as your tight end at 6'6". You've got Camden Brown at 6'3", somewhere in there. Nick Mardner is 6'6". Um, Jair Shorter is, I want to say he's like 6'3", something. Lamonius Craig is 6'2", as well. So um, Hugh Freeze is definitely turning this receiver room around. You know, he had talked about he likes the bigger receivers, the DK Metcalfs, the A.J. Browns, guys like that from Ole Miss. Um, and now he's kind of doing that at Auburn, and he's trying to do it in recruiting as well with some of his high school guys. Because you guys remember in 13, Auburn had trouble. If they got first down and goal at the nine, they had trouble getting the ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, think about Auburn just in general when it comes to red zone offense. I mean, it's not – you don't think of Auburn as a high-powered red zone offense. I mean, you have running backs that can do it, but it just hasn't been something that Auburn has been successful at over the years. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't thought Auburn's offense would be anything close to efficient at all and that's the way the game is played down on offense that's my opinion these these people out there think well you got to play with great David that's just not the case anymore I think the game of football and this time we live in is played primarily on offense because that's what gets on sports center at night yeah and I mean the game of, of college football has changed so much just look at the SEC I mean this is a conversation that comes up once every few months just look at where the SEC is 10-15 years ago the SEC was if you could score 21 points you would win most of your games because of the defensive mindset but then big programs like Alabama LSU Auburn Georgia have decided oh crap we got to score 50 points and that's what they do now and let, let, wait a minute before I go let me let me let me defend myself where somebody calls up and butchers me he says you got oh I tell you said you could win with a sucky defense that's not true at all that's totally not true but you can win with an average defense and a great offense I mean you you better be Oklahoma scoring 80 points under Lincoln Riley if you want a chance <laughs> at all if you've got a bad a bad defense but yeah I, I I 100% agree I mean the 21 Georgia team is the exception to the rule where that defense is unbelievable generate generationally great and the the offense wasn't I mean it wasn't bad it, the the next year the offense was good and the defense was still really good I mean but we've seen Alabama we've seen LSU we've seen all these teams they can put up points. They can put up – I mean, in the playoff, how many times have we seen these 40-something back-and-forth point games where both teams are in the 40s and 50s? It's starting to happen more and more and more. Yeah, 
Now, guys, you've heard me say this at nauseum a thousand times. I'm going to say it one more time. The greatest defense in the world can only guarantee you a tie. That's that's yep. a fair point. Take care, guys. Appreciate the call, Terry. It's good to hear from you. That is Terry joining us on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. He was calling in to talk quarterbacks. And, Christian, let's talk quarterbacks. What you got, Carter? I want to make one one counter-argument to, to Terry's the greatest defense in the world uh, can only guarantee you a tie. That's not true because I score. watched Iowa football <laughs> this past year. I watched them beat South Dakota State seven to three in a game where they scored seven points with two safeties and a field goal. So yeah. defense can can win you a game because they That's fair. can score all of your points. And if you notice, uh, my, it's my favorite topic, just random topic. The uh, Brian Ferentz, the head coach's son, Kirk Ferentz's son, is the offensive coordinator. He has an extension with some special wording that. They have to average like 21, 24 points this year, and he gets an extra year on his contract and a bump in pay. If you notice, didn't say offensive points because the defense is going to give plenty of that. That gives off very, very much. Kyler Murray has to have so many hours of film study <laughs> vibes to me. Like, well, no, it's just it's it's nepotism at its finest in college football. Oh goodness! Well, Terry, we appreciate the call, man. It's always good to hear from you. But Christian. Let's get your 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 thoughts out on the air about this because Auburn has seen a quarterback leave the program with TJ Finley. It's something that we in the entire expected. state of Alabama expected. Uh, we knew it was happening. It is officially happening as a grad transfer. Auburn was then down to uh, three quarterbacks. You had Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and then you had Hank Brown coming in the door, I believe, at the end of this month. And then we knew, we absolutely knew, that Auburn was looking for a quarterback in the transfer portal. Different names popped up all over the place. Peyton Thorne, uh, you had... You had rubblings of Talia Tungabailoa. You had, obviously, the Grayson McCall stuff that just never could ever work out. And Auburn fans uh, just upset about it, as they should be. There was a lot of potential there. Just couldn't ever get that signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, You had Casey Thompson, who was coming from Nebraska, which, by the way, he is committed to FAU as of today, I believe. And so different names flying around everywhere. But Auburn, You know the significance of that, right? He's reunited oh, with Tom Herman. Yeah, how about Casey that? Casey Thompson and Tom Herman. Back I didn't at, put that back together. Back on the saddle again. I didn't put that together. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting because, of course, he played at Texas, then went to Nebraska, and now he's at FAU. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the names that flew around for Auburn. Uh, there was, for a, a slight minute, hot minute, there was a name from the West Coast that may have uh, floated around in some smoke for a little bit. And then it all came back together. And Auburn finds their quarterback uh, to come into the room and compete with the other guys as Auburn gets the Michigan State quarterback transfer. How do you feel about Peyton Thorne coming into the room for Auburn at quarterback? Uh, I feel pretty good about it because I think Auburn feels pretty good about it. Um, The term that Hugh Freeze had consistently said was looking for the right quarterback, not just looking for any quarterback. Um, you know, there were some names. There was the Cincinnati kid whose name I really don't even remember. And, you know, people put him up on the message boards. Like, ben oh. Bryant. Yes. Like, oh, I don't know this- why I know that. He's the quarterback at Northwestern, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Gives pe- you confidence <laughs> that Christian couldn't name the guy. So. <laughs> well, he just wasn't really relevant to Auburn. That's in, fair. In my opinion, you know, people would put him up on the message boards and were like, oh, is this the guy? And I was just like, I just don't think this is this is not who they're interested in. Um, but Peyton Thorne was someone that they were very interested in. Um, and it, you know, it was interesting timing the way it all played out because Casey Thompson had, um, 
he was scheduled to visit Auburn, um, and I think it was the day before he arrived, Peyton Thorne entered the portal, um, and that was a name that had been kind of rumbling in the back a little bit, and then as soon as it happened, it's like, okay, well, it, it could be go time here. Um, and so Casey Thompson obviously still visited. Um, that went well, but Auburn's attention at that point, its majority of its attention was focused on Peyton Thorne. Um, things moved quickly um, and got him committed and signed, and look, this is who Auburn wanted, um, and so I would trust that. It was everyone was kind of saying who you know, who do we want? Do we want Casey Thompson or Peyton Thorne? Auburn obviously wanted Peyton Thorne, um, and that's who they ended up getting. And I think he brings a lot of good things to Auburn's room. No matter how you look at it, um, with all due respect to T.J. Finley, you are upgrading Auburn's quarterback room because T.J. Finley is out, Peyton Thorne is in. Peyton Thorne, even if he is not the starting quarterback, will provide more competition in fall practice and in practice throughout the season than I think T.J. Finley would have. Now, with all that being said, like Terry said, I think Peyton Thorne will be the starter. But point being, no matter what, you upgraded Auburn's quarterback room. In your opinion, a lot of we've had people calling into this show. We've I've seen it on Twitter, on the message boards, everywhere. Right, a a pretty big group of Auburn fans and just football fans in general. When a guy enters the transfer portal, right, and a team like Auburn goes and scoops up a Peyton Thorne. Well, why was he in the portal? Did Michigan State not want him? Were there was there bad mojo from him? Was there a bad relationship with with Peyton Thorne and Michigan State? Was he just not good enough? If he couldn't be the quarterback there, why is he good enough to be the quarterback at Auburn? Christian, we have talked about this a little bit, and we can get back into that. But what do you say to all that for for the people that are saying, well, if he if he wasn't wanted, quote wanted at Michigan State, why is he good enough for Auburn? What do you say to all that in in your mind, Christian? Uh, well, he was wanted at Michigan State. Um, I think it was uh, Jason Caldwell and I were talking about this yesterday. Actually, it's almost a little bit of a Bo Nix situation to the point where you know he had been there, he had proven it um, in twenty twenty one. Um, and then in 2022, the team around him was pretty bad. That Offensive line was not very good. The rushing took the comparison game comparison out of my mouth, man. Yeah. I was about that's to where go I've right gone there. with it. The, yeah, the rushing game was one of the worst in the country. Um, and you know when players around him stepped up a little bit, Peyton Thorne was pretty successful. When they didn't, um, it just didn't work out. You know, I think there was one game where Michigan State had three rushing yards. It's like okay, well. What do you want Peyton Thorne to do? Right. What do you expect your quarterback yeah. to do? You can so, only do so much with a bad team. So I think it was a little bit of that would be the situation I would kind of compare it to. Obviously a little different because it's not a legacy and stuff like that. But um, I think Mel Tucker had, you know, he had opened up a quarterback battle this spring um, and Peyton Thorne seemed to be in a pretty good spot to potentially win that. Um, but I think it got to a point where he's like, look, I just don't feel super wanted. I don't feel super respected around here. I think there's a better opportunity with better players at Auburn or at you know at another school when I enter the portal. So I'm going to go explore that, see what my options are. Um, and he lands at Auburn, and I would agree. I think he inherits a what could be a pretty darn good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Inherits good running backs. Look, he doesn't have Kenneth Walker like he had in Michigan State in yeah. 2021. But you feel pretty good about uh, Jarquez Hunter and Damari Alston, Brian Batee, Jeremiah Cobb. Um, and now the receiver room's turning around. You've got Rivaldo Fairweather. So you've built some good pieces around him to the point where he doesn't have to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like he, game manager is a bad term now for quarterbacks, but he can almost be that in a sense. And that's what you, that, that's all you need. You don't need 
you don't need a stud at quarterback. Auburn's staff has built up a pretty good offense around him, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's that's the important thing is is Peyton Thorne doesn't have to come in and set the world on fire. Like he's a two year guy. I think that's really important. It's something I talked about uh, when I was in this studio uh, by myself on last Friday when he committed. Uh, was that he he can come in with two years of eligibility and barring just an unbelievable season and him going to the NFL, which Auburn fans may not hate that. If he plays that well, then who knows what Auburn could do. But you have a two-year guy who's coming in, and that's the exact comparison I made, Christian, and I'm sure, Carter, that's where you were going as well, was it's very Bo Nix-esque, which is something that has been brought up by uh, many people around this town, Zach Blackerby, who joined me on Friday as well, talking about that it was just a situation, it feels like, with Peyton Thorne and Michigan State where – the relationship had run its course, right? Where you're you're dating somebody, and it's like, you know what? It's just time we go our separate well, ways. And he wasn't even a Mel Tucker guy anyway. Right, and I think that's important. That's something people don't really talk about is Peyton Thorne wasn't a Mel Tucker guy, and so he was playing for a coach that didn't recruit him. Yeah, which is another Bo Nix connection. You know, he left under Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. So in their four, the four best teams that this Michigan State team played last year, I just did the math quickly. So Washington, Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State. 97 carries, 111 rushing yards for the team in those four games. Holy smokes. How yeah, about that? Wow. No, I mean and that's that's what we've seen for Peyton Thorne when I when he has a strong running back like he did in 2021 that's when 1. Michigan State 4 yards per carry by the way. Good lord. When Michigan State was up to the number 3 team in the country with Peyton Thorne under center, the running backs were helping him and making it easier for him on the offensive well, side. Your leading rusher in 21 ran for 1,000 more yards than your leading rusher in 22. Yeah, and do it. it's the stat that we keep coming back to the Ferg's stats for the last three, four days. What, he's 12-1 and one when they run for 150-plus yards? It's like when he gets a threat of the run and he has an offensive line that can protect him a little bit, which I don't think he had at Michigan State, then you see him really flourish. And I think that's going to be something he has the opportunity to do. It's just, it's on Auburn, it's on the staff, it's on him a little bit too to go land a couple more pieces out wide to be this dynamic offense that has a chance to be. That's the thing. Um, sorry to cut you off, Jacob. I just think like the way I would describe Peyton Thorne is like he's a good quarterback. He's maybe not a great, like incredible first round talent NFL quarterback right but he's a good quarterback he will win you football games um, and he will win you some games that in my opinion I don't think Auburn would have won previously given the quarterback room Um, but he's not a guy and there's very few of them that can go out there and do it all and do it all on their own well I'm glad you bring that up because when we come back that's what I want to wrap up our number one with in our visit with Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 how many wins better is Auburn with Peyton Thorne and the guys that have committed already through the transfer portal? We'll get Christian's thoughts on that when we come back as we wrap up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
Wrapping up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, Christian Clemente of Auburn 247. Uh, we've got him in the studio for just a couple of more minutes before we get to the question that I teased before the break. One more time, let everybody know where they can find you, keep up with all your work, and all you guys over at Auburn 247. Yeah, it's all over at AuburnUndercover.com. Um, and then my work is on Twitter at CClemente247. We've got a ton of stuff there. We have a ton of stuff planned over the next few days, a bunch of recruiting updates and stuff like that. Well, there's a lot going on, and you guys do a fantastic fantastic job and we always appreciate you and your time coming in with the guys that Auburn has brought in right now as it stands on May 10th 2023 as of uh, today how much better is Auburn how many more wins have they added thanks to the guys they brought in through the transfer portal in your Uh, mind from the transfer portal if you look at its entirety they've gone from like a three or a four win team to a potentially seven or eight win team um, because this roster was not in a good spot if you look at just the second portal window, I would say they've already raised themselves probably a win. Um, and Peyton, I'd say two. I would. I go, think. I think quarterback is that big of a deal in in this instance. I think you're a six win team with Robbie Ashford. I think you're an eight win team now. I think you could have won six or seven with Robbie, and now you win seven or eight. I th- I would give you one bump, and then depending on how many more guys you add, I would give them potentially probably another bump. I would expect um, for potentially two more wins, um, but. Either way, the staff has really turned this roster around from what looked like a disaster to all of a sudden, hey, you know, Auburn's got, for Auburn standards, a little bit of an easier schedule. Like, maybe can cook up eight wins, maybe get the ninth win a bowl game or something Mm, like that. And then all of a sudden you feel pretty darn good, especially with how you feel like Auburn is going to finish in recruiting in the high school ranks. I feel like this Auburn team should roll out of bed and have five wins. Yes. UMass. At Cal, I don't care what the ESPN FPI says because apparently it gives Auburn a 44% chance yeah, I saw that, that game. That was ridiculous. Cal can't score. And they have Jake Spavadol as their new offensive coordinator who, if you rem- remember him from Texas State, he's a disaster. So I'm not worried about that one. I, you're 3-0 and going to A&M. You have at Vanderbilt and, and New Mexico State at home on the schedule that's five wins there you should automatically win five games and then you have your toss-ups what i would consider a&m mississippi state um ole miss arkansas arkansas you're calling state of troop toss-up i I think auburn should win it and i I think new scheme at home i think yes i i would expect auburn to win it i'm just saying i can't say for certainty right now just because of i just have no idea like we feel good about what the team is but there's so many uncertainties about how they all mesh together i just think when when i look around the sc specifically the sc west i think ole miss mississippi state and arkansas are all about to take a significant step back which is why i said yesterday that auburn should feel really good about being a comfortable fourth in the west with a chance to be third in my opinion well yeah i mean that's what i keep coming back to with a&m with just how with the disaster season that was last year uh Christian, I compared it yesterday to you remember the Flex Seal tape commercial <laughs> where there's the the giant hole in the thing is pouring out water. Jimbo Fisher said, Hey, Flex Seal tape, Bobby Petrino, <laughs> that's gonna fix it. Yeah, I'm not sold on AM. <laughs> well, Auburn has gotten better, there's no doubt about it. Christian, we appreciate your time, brother, as always, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. That is Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 as we wrap up hour one. Stay tuned. We'll talk some more Auburn football in the transfer portal coming up at hour number two. The following is an Auburn Network production.
Nine, live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn up like a sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird as we get underway here in hour number two of the Wednesday edition of the show. Back in hour number one, if you missed any of it, you're going to want to go back and listen to it. Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 and Auburn Undercover joined us in the studio for the entire first hour breaking down all the news for Auburn football through the transfer portal commitments the newcomers the guys that are leaving the program uh, always has some good things to say and fantastic insights and so uh, we appreciate Christian Clemente joining us for the entire first hour talking all things Auburn football in the transfer portal so if you missed any of it be sure you go and catch up with the podcast after the show today you can find it at ESPN au.com just click on the podcast center it'll be commercial free right there right after the show or you can just search on the line wherever you get your podcast again christian clemente joined us for the entire first hour of auburn 247 and auburn undercover but here's what's coming up in hour number two we're going to talk some more about that keep looking at what this team looks like uh what auburn could could be in 2023 sort of recap what Christian had to say and kind of respond to what Christian had to say Uh, we also got news in between hour one and hour two of a former Auburn player that committed to another school and so we can talk about that as well and so we'd love to hear from you phone lines are open here in hour number two three three four three two one 1390 that number again is 334-321-1390 no Austin Hannon today our new Alabama uh, writer from Bama Central he is uh, on a birthday trip and so he will join us next Wednesday in hour number two and so a happy birthday to him and hope he is uh, having a good time he'll join us next week on Wednesday but again 334-321-1390 and Carter let's talk about that news that we just got between hour one and hour two huh yeah, Landon King, the former Auburn tight end wide receiver, uh, he is transferring to Utah. And you're excited about that. Why? Because that team does, one, that team is sick. Utah is unbelievable. Watch them just garbage disposal get rid of Florida in week one this next year when Florida goes on the road to them. Uh, they are so sick at tight end right now, though. They just had Dalton Kincaid go in the first round. Uh, they've got Brant Keith. Uh, he was supposed to be the starting tight end this past year. He's a stud. He has two 600-yard seasons at the tight end position out there. He was banged up with injury. Uh, they have another guy who is a monster as well, Thomas Yasmin. Um they're really good at tight end. And so if there's a place for for Landon King, who Christian said needs to develop back into that tight end body to go and develop, Utah's not a bad place because they're they're kind of like they're kind of becoming Iowa of the West. They're just pumping out tight ends left and right or 
Notre Dame, for that matter. Mm -hmm. Like, just a tight end school. Yeah, and uh, Utah is already... One of the favorites in the Pac-12, as they were last They're year. They're the best team in the Pac-12. They're going to run it back three <laughs> years in a row. That's a team you love so much. And, and so good. And we've talked about what it means for Florida to be going to Utah, uh, where the Gators, I mean, should be saying their prayers, the fact that they beat Utah to begin last year. They are going to have a rough time when they got to travel across the country to start this year because, A, that Utah team is good and just got better with the addition of Landon King on offense. And B, what in the world is Florida going to be? I don't know. I have no idea what Florida's going to be. And I don't think it's going to be good. And so they have Florida's to find a way. Really bad. Really bad to the point that they're going to fire. They're going to fire Billy Napier after year two. Uh oh. That's a sticky note. You may want to write that down. If you haven't already, I don't know what you got over there right now. But I think I have a bunch of Florida things <laughs> over there already. Uh, we'll, we'll spare them. So you think if they Billy they, Napier's they, out? They huh? aren't winning at Utah. They aren't beating Tennessee. They aren't winning at Kentucky. They aren't winning at South Carolina. They're they not could, beating. They could win at Kentucky. No, they can't. I think they could. Devin Leary's a heck of a lot better quarterback than Graham Mertz has ever been. Graham Mertz goes to bed dreams of being Devin Leary. Graham Mertz is awful. He completed his first 14 passes of his college career. We made him a Heisman favorite, and he's been garbage ever since. Now, moving on. They're not winning at South Carolina. You're not beating Georgia. No, nobody's not winning beating at Georgia. LSU. You're not beating Florida State. What, your, your toss-up potential wins are at Missouri, which I'm not convinced you're going to win? And, I mean, it's after you've been beaten down all year, or Arkansas at home, which I'm not convinced you're going to win? So you're looking the, at you have the second best quarterback on your own team or in that game. I mean, it's going to be a struggle for them to get to five wins. That's why they're over unders at five and a half. They're going under by a mile. They're four wow. and eight. Wow, that's their that's, wins are McNeese, Charlotte. I'm not entirely convinced, 100 percent, they're going to be Vanderbilt. But it, we, we'll is see that at Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt. No, it's at home. Oh well, uh, I'll give Florida the benefit of the Arkansas. doubt. I'll give them that one. They will drop one of Arkansas and at Missouri. They're going four and eight. They're a four and eight football team. Yeah, and after what they've already been through, I just, yeah, it's going to be tough for, for Billy Napier to go after or to continue to be at Florida if if he goes four and eight like it, it looks like they could. And so how we got on this is Landon King has uh, committed to play to Utah, the Auburn transfer tight end slash wide receiver, which that never should have been a thing. It should always have been Landon King, the tight end. Uh, but he will go and play for what is a fantastic Utah team, a really, really good Utah offense who opens with Florida early on in the season. And so uh, that's why that's why we kind of got on that. But uh, yeah, again, back in the first hour, talked a lot of transfer portal stuff with Christian Clemente, who had some interesting thoughts, and we will sort of react to those thoughts coming up in just a few minutes, but we're going to get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390, and Spectre, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. Um, I heard that conversation you had with him. Uh, uh, Carter, I got a question for you. Yep. If, uh, if Thorne was our quarterback, Let's go back the last three years. How do you think he would have done? The last three years, all right? Give me a second. This past year, you beat LSU at home. Uh, you beat Mississippi State on the road. Um, so that's two wins in your favor. Um, let's. So that's me... going back from, what, the, the COVID year on then? If you go from, from 2020? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, 
Yeah, well, let's say two years of Harson. We'll just go two years of Harson. So in the Hartson era, if Peyton Thorne would have been the quarterback. Um, yeah, you, okay, I mean, la- that's an interesting Last thought. year, in my opinion, I think you beat State, you beat LSU, you have a chance. These, these become toss-up games. Ole Miss and Arkansas. Say you get one. I think you're I think you're an eight win team last year with Peyton Thorne. I really do. I think he's that much better than TJ Finley. I think he's that much better than Robbie Ashford. Uh you go back so, to the year before, I think you twenty twenty one, I mean, you're Bo Nix all the way to Mississippi State. If 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 you have Peyton Thorne sitting, I mean, Bo Nix is a better version of Peyton Thorne. I think Peyton Thorne probably would have played in the Brian Harson structure. He probably would have been a better fit for the Brian Harson structure a little bit. Because Bo Nix had been playing backyard football with with Gus Malzahn for the first two years of his career. Now, if you have him healthy to finish the Mississippi State, South Carolina, Alabama, and Alabama game and Houston, you win all of those games. If you have a healthy Peyton Thorne win the second half against State, you win that game. You beat a not very good South Carolina team at the time on the road. You you beat Alabama in regulation. You beat Alabama in regulation, and you beat a Houston team that was not that great and showed it when they were supposed to have their breakout year this past year. They weren't that good. They were bad, actually. So with the offensive line problems that we had for the last couple of years, you think Thorne could have done it? I think if you you say, okay, when Bo Nix goes down, Rather than T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford, if I get handed over to Peyton Thorne, yes, I think Peyton Thorne beats South Carolina. I think he beats Alabama. I think he beats Houston. And then the next year, I think he beats LSU because you should have won that game regardless. He beats State on the road. And I think you're in a legitimate toss-up game at Ole Miss, and you're in a toss-up game at home against Arkansas. I think all, he is, hypo, all, that, all of that is hypothetical. You asked the hypothetical, though. I know that, but but you know you don't give Ashford an inch. He's I not mean, a good passer. He had, He's a great athlete. He's an unbelievable well, runner. Yeah. Okay. Just get back to the offensive line. How do you think Ashford would have done if he had a protective offensive line? Well, he, yeah. I mean, we could say that for everybody. He would have been better, but I, I still well, think Ashford. He still struggles throwing the football, which is a it's still a really big issue for him. Well, that's, that remains to be seen. Uh, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he didn't have the supporting cast behind him. Which is fair. Okay. And that, include, and that includes Tank Bixby. He did not have a fantastic year last year. He didn't have well, the offensive I mean, I mean, line if to we're, create yeah. holes for him. If we're, if we're knocking... Say what? If we're knocking what? the... What was that? Oh, so, so, so are you saying that... We, we, we all agree so, the offensive line is bad. was bad, Spectre. Nobody's arguing that. Well, I'm arguing the point that you're giving Ashford such a bad rep that uh, if he had a good offensive line, what do you think he would have done? He would have done better. If he had if he, he had 2023's offensive line last year, yeah, he probably beats LSU. Right. Yeah, all he probably ask, beats I, Mississippi State. I, all I'm asking you for, from you is to give him a break. You constantly are down on Ashford. I'm telling you, you there's know, a reason why is, Auburn went out and got Peyton Thorne. And there's a reason why you go get a guy who's started 30 games over a guy who's started seven. 
You you saw him all spring. If Auburn needed to go get a Grant Lloyd, they could have gotten there were ten Grant Lloyds in there. Instead, they bided their time and waited for a starting caliber quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not questioning getting Thorn. I'm all for that. I'm questioning how you're downing Ashford for what he had done in the past without supporting cast behind him. Give the guy a break. If he if he continues to do what he did in 22 and 23, after we after we have improved our offensive line, I'm with you. I think with Ashford, I mean, it's fair to say that if if he had yes, if he had a better offensive line, if he had better receivers, if he had a better coach, let's just be honest, if he had a better coach, well, yeah, if you, he if would you play to yeah, the scheme, yeah, if you play to the talent and what your quarterback does well, a hundred percent. But that's but you, not Brian Harson. But you could say that about Robbie Ashford. You could say that Spectre brought up Tank Bigsby. I agree with that. You could say that about Landon King, who we're talking about just committed to Utah. But when you look that's at right. Robbie Ashford, just Robbie Ashford, put him on any other team. He is still with with the lack of development that he has gotten and where he just hasn't gotten the to the point of throwing the football that we've seen that we need to see. That's why they went and got Peyton Thorne, who he's going to be your starter in 2023. Eliminate yeah. Robbie Rob, or eliminate Peyton Thorne from this discussion. If we played the UMass game tomorrow, Holden Gurner takes the first snap of that game. I am 100% convinced of it. Well, I'm not convinced. I, I tell you, I'm telling you from what I've I, heard and people I I've talked to, to Robbie, that's what I would want, happen. I want to see Robbie Ashford play behind a, a – I'm not saying an excellent. I'm just saying a good offensive line. I agree. And, and, and with a, a good running back. I want to see what he can do. I'm not saying – I'm not telling you right now that Robbie Ashford is, is awful. He's terrible. He had a young man like that. He's not a – he's not a – a, a senior or a junior mm-hmm. to play as as a freshman the way he had to play it, it's unbelievable oh yeah i mean he got thrown I mean, into the fire there's there's no doubt he's not your normal freshman i mean he was 21 but he still got thrown into the fire and thrown into a really crappy situation yeah, i give him that true yes Absolutely. i 100% agree it was an awful situation that Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson allowed to get there mm-hmm. and Brian Harson did not adjust his offensive scheme to fit Robbie Ashford's skill set. And that is the I biggest agree. knock I... you can say on, on Brian Harson running the offense and Brian Harson and uh, Eric Keesaw running the offense last year. Once they got fired, you with... saw a shift in the scheme. You saw the offense get significantly better. I agree with what you just said. And I also want to say that Ashford would have not been the quarterback we saw if what you just said was corrected and that very well may be true very well may be true on a better team a better team or a better coach better development yeah and and that's what we we talk about too is is the potential of Robbie Ashford and the the ceiling ceiling is unbelievably high I think he needs another year to develop as a passer I think he can get there I think he can be a really really good SEC quarterback and all SEC caliber quarterback I just don't think he's there yet I'm going to wrap this up with saying this with fall practice coming up, okay, and with this great coach that we got in in Freeze, I heard it all for the last two years how how good Freeze was in developing quarterbacks. And this is what we need a, a coach to come in here that's got experience in developing quarterbacks. Let's see how much improvement Ashford does 
at the beginning of the, of the fall. I mean, if you don't see I'm him on you. the field uh, because he's not starting, are we going to know? Well, well, let me tell you. During fall practice, the coach has got to make the decision who's going to start. Correct? Correct. This is true. And, 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 and he, he free said he today it will be a battle. He said so he, asked, he, uh, will, he will see this in practice. If Ashford improves with an offensive line and the running backs that we got, he still got the job. It's his job to lose. I don't agree with that, but that's fine. Well, I don't. I know you don't agree with it. And that's what I'm trying to get from you. Why is it that you don't agree? Because I you, think you, I you've think seen a, you've seen a quarter. You've seen a quarterback for the last two years play without an offensive line and a so-so running backs. Spectre, I mean, I mean, I've talked to people who were at practice every time it was open, and I've heard well, heard from people who say that the quarterbacks in that room. Early in spring, we're struggling to complete routes on air with no defense, with nobody in front of them, no pressure in their face. We're struggling to be accurate. I think Hugh Freeze values accuracy, and I think that's something Peyton Thorne has that the other guys in that room don't have. And I think that, combined with well, the experience, I, 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 is I, why you're going to see him. Okay, I'll, I'll support the quarterback that Freeze puts out there. Okay. That's, that's absolutely. But I'm not, I'm not, today, I am not throwing Ashford in the trash. I'm not, I never said I'm throwing I'm not, him in the trash. I said I think he can be an All-SEC quarterback. I literally just well, said quit, that. Well, well, quit trash-talking him then. I'm saying what he's not going to start this year. That's my opinion. Yeah, 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 but you're backing that opinion up with, with so-called facts. I'm, t- I'm just telling you what I've heard, what I've seen, and what I believe. Well, these guys listen to what you guys say. You understand what I'm saying? That's fine. And if you're not going to build his confidence up as an Auburn Tiger, what are, what are you good Spectre, for? Spectre, if if my comments about Robbie Ashford today keep him from being a high-level quarterback, he was never going to be a high-level high, high quarterback regardless. If yeah, my right. comments over the radio saying that I believe in 2023 Peyton Thorne will be a better quarterback and Peyton Thorne will Hopefully. be the starting quarterback – if that keeps Robbie Ashford from being a good quarterback, Robbie Ashford was never going to be a good quarterback. Actually, if he's got a good head on his shoulders, he'll listen to what you have to say and it'll make him better. Exactly. That's what I'm telling you. So you're saying it's to make him better? I'm saying, I'm saying if, if you're saying my words because I'm not building his confidence, which is not my job, Spectre, if you're saying because I'm not building his confidence, it's going to affect his play, then he was never going to be your guy because he didn't have the mental toughness. Now, if he were to hear this and this were to help motivate him, sure, by all means, that's showing you something. That's showing the will to go out there and practice and work and get better and more power to him. That's, that would show me a lot. But if you're saying because I'm not pumping him up, it's going to affect his ability to play quarterback, I'm, then he was no, never no, going to no, be your guy. no. I'm not telling you to pump him up. I'm not even asking you. You to just pump told me to build up. his confidence. I'm asking you not to be negative. You can say anything you want about him without being negative. I'm saying he's not an accurate quarterback right now. I think he can be an All SEC quarterback. I think he needs a year to develop. You think he would have been developed if he had a better coach the last two years? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I absolutely think. Inspector so. yeah. Brian Harson's okay. your your guy, though. Right, exactly, exactly right. Well, I enjoyed this conversation, guys. Appreciate the call, Spectre. Good to hear from you. we got to get to a break. 334-321-1390. We'll talk more when we come back. 
on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. A little hot in here, but that's okay as we are rolling on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. No, all jokes aside, Specter, we appreciate your call. It's always, always fun to uh, to talk with you and all of our callers. And we welcome, we do, we welcome anybody that wants to call in and give their thoughts, their opinions on what they think, what they think of what we're saying, disagree, agree, whatever it may be. That's what makes our show as much fun as it is. And so give us a call. Phone lines are open. 334-321-1390. To go on to with that whole conversation that uh, Spectre and Carter were having, to kind of give my two cents on it. And look, this is going to be a conversation we have all summer long. It's going to be a conversation we have all summer. Who's the starting quarterback in 2023? I think the point that has been made on this show and around town, around different sites, a, a different media message boards, media outlets, whatever you want to say. The main point that I think is the strongest when it comes to Peyton Thorne versus the rest of the quarterback room right now for Auburn, whether you're a Robbie Ashford guy, whether you're a Holden Gurner guy like I am and, and was, and I still like him, I still think he could be good, whether it's I, here. I think both can. Yeah, Absolutely or whether it's a Hank Brown who comes in and sets the world on fire or whatever. The most important thing that sticks out to me is that Hugh Freeze, when he got here, he saw this quarterback room and he worked through it through the spring. He said, all right, let's see what we have. Let's see what we got. And when the spring was over, a quarterback is now gone. TJ Finley left. And with that being said, that means, okay, TJ Finley, your time here is done. You need to go play somewhere else. You will not be a quarterback at Auburn anymore. So he's gone. And then Hugh Freeze looked at the rest of them and said, I can work with this, but I need somebody else. And he didn't go get a depth piece. He went and got somebody that will compete. And I do think it's important because there are going to be a lot of people, and as we go on, it will be us just knowing our, our thoughts on this, there will be, and Hugh Freeze has had a quote today, uh, and I don't know if we still have that pulled up. We may play it when we come back. I think it's about a minute long or so as he was at that golf tournament today. There will be a quarterback battle. There will be. Now, is there going to be a heavy favorite? Absolutely. The heavy favorite is, is Peyton Thorne. The favorite to win the quarterback starting job for Auburn in 2023 is Peyton Thorne because, as you mentioned, You do not go and get a guy like him, a two-year starter who has two years of eligibility. You don't go get him if the expectation is for him to be the starter. That's what they want. That's why you go and get him. Now, I think something that Spectre said I think is important. He said, I will trust the guy that Hugh Freeze puts out there. Yeah, I think that's fair too. If Peyton Thorne comes in and he competes and Robbie Ashford gets better through the summer – working out, doing whatever, obviously not practicing, but working out, going through the playbook, whatever it may be, and fall practice rolls around, and Robbie Ashford wins the job, then he wins the job. Yes. And it'll be Robbie Ashford, and that's fine. If he improves in leaps and bounds this summer and wins the job in the fall, then that is a different conversation than what than what we are having right now. I'm saying, right now, with what I've heard, with what I've seen, with what I believe... Peyton Thorne is your starting quarterback at Auburn in 2023. And there's a chance he's the starting quarterback in 2024. And I think that's one of the – and I talked about this on Friday when he committed. 
that's why you saw Auburn go after a guy like him because he has two years of eligibility to give a guy like Robbie Ashford who again we both think the ceiling is really really high for that young man he needs a little time and he needs a coach like Hugh Freeze to help him get better that's what he needs spring 2024 I think will be a legitimate all right Robbie assuming he's still on the roster let it rip let it eat let's see in a true battle you versus Peyton Thorne what you can do if Peyton Thorne's still on the roster if either guy is still on the roster I mean still that's that's something that we, we can say about everybody but I think at that point in time Robbie Ashford will have had a year of legitimate high-level quarterback quarterback tutelage under Hugh Freeze, under Philip Montgomery, under Ken Austin. Then I think we're at a spot where he can compete and really go after winning a job. If he wins it, we're talking about a guy who can be all SEC. I have no doubt in my mind. Lots more to talk about this today and later on as we roll on through the summer. Hey, 334-321-1390. We got a quote from Hugh Freeze when we come back. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, welcome back into the studio here at ESPN 106.7. We've got a a minute of audio from Hugh Freeze. He was at a golf tournament today. Uh, I believe it's the Regents Tournament. Is that what Christian said? I believe that's what it is. Um, He was up there taking some questions from the media. And uh, this is a a video, just a little little segment. It's about a minute long. And it's Hugh Freeze talking about the quarterbacks and how – There will be a battle in what his mindset is from here and from on out for Auburn football. Take a listen. It's about a minute long. Well? Well, maybe. And so you can hear what uh, Hugh Free said through the audio talking about why they brought in a quarterback, and, and that's the plan every year. They plan on bringing in quarterback after quarterback after quarterback and having quarterback battles. And you know what? It sounds pretty good to me because what have we seen for the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years at Auburn when a quarterback shows up that the head coach falls in love with? That's your quarterback until he graduates? Or until the coach gets fired? I mean, that's pretty much what we've seen for most of the last 10 years here at Auburn. And I'm okay if we have a quarterback battle every single year. Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's a good thing. I mean, unless you, unless, say, Walker White comes in and in year two takes the job as a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore – and plays really well, and he's going to be the incumbent for 
year three, I mean, that's where I could see being fine. Um, being being fine with with there not being a true quarterback battle. I mean, we know there hasn't been a quarterback battle in Alabama. I mean, with Bryce Young. I mean, there's there's situations where I do think that you can find um, where maybe a quarterback battle every year may maybe fine may not be fine rather. But I think what's important about that that little quote from Hugh Freeze today, uh, and, and we appreciate, uh, I forget who it was from Twitter, but we um, were able to play that. I think what's important with that is the fact that he Hugh Freeze is telling Auburn fans not to worry and not to be alarmed that you're bringing in a quarterback. And the fact that, yes, there are quarterbacks here, but it's not a huge deal. It's not a red flag. It's not a major middle finger to all the other quarterbacks on the roster that you're bringing in another quarterback. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's a good thing to have multiple quarterbacks, multiple capable quarterbacks on yep. the roster, which I think Peyton Thorne is. I think Robbie Ashford could be. I think Holden Gurner could be. And so I think that's okay. And I think that's what Hugh Freeze is trying to tell the, the, the Auburn fans and the Auburn people is it's okay. Don't be alarmed that we're bringing in quarterbacks. We plan on doing this every single year. Let's get back to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Spectre, you're back in, man. What you got? Yeah, I just heard what he just said, Freeze just said. And correct me if I'm wrong, did he say we had four quarterbacks, Finley left, so we had to get another one? Yeah, but the, so, the difference minute, is who is who you uh, go I'll, and get, though. My, let me finish my question. So him saying that, if if Finley would have stayed, Thorne wouldn't have been an Auburn Tiger? No, that's not true at all. I think if, he, well, if that, TJ Finley what, stays, I, I think Peyton Thorne is still is still at Auburn. That's what I wanted to get clarified because I, I just heard him say that, and I was just wondering what, what he meant by that when he said that we had four quarterbacks, Finley went in uh, left, and now we had to get another one. Mm-hmm, but so, – but I don't think there was any realm of possibility that TJ Finley was still on this roster. I think that's I think there was such a confidence in that that they knew they were going to have that conversation with TJ Finley that hey, you are not like you need to go somewhere else basically a, a genuine conversation. I think that's why. But even if he had stayed, I still think Auburn goes after somebody else. That's why I want to get clarified cuz uh-huh. I, I was under the impression that he's going with four quarterbacks and that if he lost one he was going to get another one. No, I, I think – yeah, I appreciate the call, Spectre. appreciate you calling back in. No, I think I think that he was going after one regardless, no matter if, if T.J. Finley had transferred or if Robbie Ashford had transferred or if Holden Gurner had transferred, whatever the case may have been, no matter what, I think Hugh Freeze, when he stepped in the door day one, he realized, okay, unless somebody in the spring just absolutely lights it up and shows me something – I'm going to get a quarterback. I think that had to have been the mindset when Hugh Free sat down and looked at the roster, looked at the film. I think he was he was going after a quarterback regardless. We had talked about this months ago that he yeah. was going after one no matter what. We said for months we didn't expect TJ Finley to be on the roster. You had to go get a quarterback because you cannot roll into the season with a, a situation where it's Holden Gurner and Robbie Ashford fighting it out for a starting job and then Hank Brown. Because you're you're also in a hypothetical scenario. If you had gone, if you had just those three, Hank Brown, who has not even made it to campus yet, it's asking a lot for a guy that I think everybody can agree is a little bit of a developmental pro- project. 
He's going to have to get bigger. He's going to have to get stronger. Uh, and he's going to have to develop under the staff. When you look at that, you, would, you wouldn't be allowed to let Robbie Ashford, if he was your starting quarterback, allow him to be the best version of Robbie Ashford because you'd be so worried about him getting hurt. You'd be two plays away from throwing Hank Brown out there. Auburn always was going to get an, another quarterback. T.J. Finley had still been on the roster, which we did not expect to happen, and we turned out to be right. I think the message was, was clear. He was running third at the end of the spring. Had T.J. Finley still been on the roster, Auburn was going to get a quarterback. And I don't think that was changing. I mean, Auburn, Auburn was pursuing a quarterback in January mm-hmm. when the portal first opened. I mean, the whole Grayson McCall thing was going on then. And, yes. And that just that – just fell through and crashed and burned and just never could truly get off the ground and be complete while yes he is right Hugh Freeze has to have four quarterbacks that's true I I think you would have taken five look at Alabama Alabama's got five five quarterbacks right now (laughs) and they still don't know who their starter is going to be well I think they know and I think they're not happy about it well yeah I mean they might know but Auburn fans should feel pretty good. No, if that if Caleb Buckner is going to be their starting quarterback, oh bud, oh boy, Tyler or Tyler. Yes. My, my apologies, that's Tyler. Here's a question for you: Tyler Buckner or Robbie Ashford and Hol- Holden Gurner? One or the two? I'm saying if 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 you take Peyton Thorne out of the equation mm-hmm. and Tyler Buckner is in the portal. And you, you feel you have a legitimate chance to get him, which I don't think Auburn would have because of the Tommy Reese connection. Would you have taken Tyler Buckner over Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner? A hesitant yes. A hesitant yes because he has the starting experience. That's okay. the only reason. Do I think he's, he's better? He's got similar starting. He's got a little bit more experience than I... Um, I don't know the exact numbers. You'd have to, you'd have to get I'm it for me. Up. I know he got banged up. He may not have as much experience as I thought. The only reason I would say yes for Tyler Buckner versus Robbie Ashford or Holden Gurner is because of the experience. Do I think Tyler Buckner at his peak versus what Robbie Ashford's peak or Holden Gurner's peak could be is I'll better? No, I don't think Tyler Buckner's better than those guys Robbie, if they all get to their peak. Robbie, oh yeah, 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 I agree with that. I mean, I think I think if they're all the best versions of themselves, I think Robbie Ashford's the best of that group. But you got to get Robbie Ashford there. That's That's been basically my entire point. That's why I wanted a scenario last year where you didn't have to rely on Robbie Ashford to play a bunch. I wanted him to develop. Granted, the environment may not have been all that conducive to developing because of Brian Harson and his staff and um, how just bad they were at coaching SEC football. Yeah. Uh, but when I – I'll ask you this. So you're saying slight edge to Buckner. Who would you pick, Tyler Buckner or Peyton Thorne? Peyton Thorne. Exactly. He, I mean, no doubt. He dwarfs all of the other guys. You can – Add together Gurner, Tyler Buckner, TJ Finley, you can uh, Robbie Asher, all of their pass attempts, rushing attempts, all of it. Peyton Thorne has experience that more experience than all of them combined. How many, this shows my my non knowledge on Tyler Buckner, and so I apologize. How many years of eligibility does he have? It appears he would have two. Okay. So it's same. We're assuming it's the same as well. As Peyton well, Thorne. actually, that's not true. 
I think he's got three. Because okay. he only played three games last year because he got hurt. Right. So there is a positive. There's a there's a tally on on Tyler Buckner if you want to put one on there. Um, I would. I'd take, I would. I'd take two years of Peyton Thorne over three years of Tyler Buckner every oh, yeah. single no, time. I 100% agree. But if Peyton Thorne were not a part of the equation with the question that you proposed is, do you run with Holden Gurren or Robbie Ashford or you go get Tyler Buckner? If he is the only option in the portal, I would still take him. But I would think there would be a much more noticeable quarterback battle at Auburn. If Tyler Buckner was the one that Auburn had brought in, Spectre would be right on that there's a quarterback battle and Robbie Ashford would have a chance to win this thing because I don't trust Tyler Buckner. I really don't. I think he would still win the job, but I wouldn't feel as good about it as I do as Peyton Thorne. And so I think for Auburn, you had to go get a quarterback regardless I think you got a really, really solid guy who has a chance to get even better with age and under a a quarterback coach like Hugh Freeze, a quarterback developer like Hugh Freeze. And so, yes, we can say we've got some Auburn biasy because that's who Auburn got, but Peyton Thorne is good, man. And Auburn got a good one who can be good for you, who can get you some wins that you would not get with the current guys on the roster Peyton Thorne can get you wins that Tyler Buckner's not going to get you at Alabama. And so I think Auburn did good. I think they did really, really good. And it gives you a chance for Robbie Ashford to become what we think he can be. It gives you a chance to see Holden Gurner become what we think he could be. Or Hank Brown. Or Walker White. I think Peyton Thorne is leaps and bounds above Tyler Buckner but I think he just fits the he fits the system. He fits what Hugh Freeze was looking for, and that's why Auburn got Peyton Thorne and not Tyler Buckner and not Casey Thompson and not whoever else. Here's something, some potential basketball news because we know Auburn was so in on this guy, Julian Phillips to the transfer portal. Hello, hello. As of what right now? Yep. As of right now, Julian Phillips, the Tennessee wing, five-star that picked Tennessee over Auburn to the transfer portal. So here's the question that always comes around. Is it a good thing that he is in the transfer portal? I think so uh, because I think there may be a belief that in a Bruce Pearl system, he could be a lot better, potentially. Dude, could you imagine? Could you, you talk about somebody that's coming in to to fill a hole for Auburn it's Julian Phillips who is 19 years old and stands at a whopping six foot eight yeah talk about a guy that could play that three and four spot that Auburn's looking for Julian Phillips could fill that spot by the way I've been doing the math on it as well just to give you a grasp of the experience Baton Thorne has that Robbie Ashford Tyler Buckner TJ Finley and uh, Holden Gurner don't have those four combined 682 pass attempts at the college level. Peyton Thorne 861. He's over 780 in the last two years. The experience factor is is real, and that's why Peyton Thorne's here. Experienced starter, who's the most accurate guy in that room, has. Commanded a really good offense, a really good team in 21. And I think is looking for a fresh start. There are a lot of lot of 
comparisons you can make to Bo Nix. 2019, Bo Nix exceeded all expectations. He beat Alabama. He gets you to nine wins. Peyton Thorne in 2021 exceeds all, all expectations. Year one of Mel Tucker. 3,200 yards, 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. The roster gets worse around them. The numbers dip. Fan base may not have the same love for them that they once did. You can say it. They turned. And they turned. Both hit the portal. Both looking for a fresh start. A place where they can go be developed by a good quarterback developer. Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery, Kent Austin, Kenny Dillingham for Bo Nix in a better offense with a better offensive line with better talent. All of those things are true for both of these things. I think legitimately, granted, Peyton Thorne's going to see a lot better defenses in the SEC than Bo Nix is seeing in the Pac-12. But I think we could see Peyton Thorne's best football ahead of him. If that's the case, slam the case shut. That's why you go get this guy. Mm -hmm. If he can give you 2021, Auburn's winning nine or ten games. And you're looking at 24, which would be even better because of what Christian Clemente was telling us back in hour number one about what the expectations are on the recruiting trail. Yeah, Imagine if you bring in some of these five-star receivers that you're you're after, and all of a sudden you have elite talent, and you continue to fill in the offensive line depth, and you continue to attack the transfer portal. You fill in with your guys. For a guy that had Heisman buzz, for a guy that had his team to the number three spot in the country, talking about a potential college football playoff berth. Yeah, I'll take that guy over Tyler Buckner. Yep. Who, I don't even know. I'm just so confused on why Alabama went that you want, route. If you want my, well, I think it's, I think it's familiarity. I think it's what Tommy Reese, Tommy Reese knows what he has in him. Where he may not know what he would have in some of these other guys. Which but, I understand that. I'll tell you what. I don't think Tyler Buckner's special. I don't think he pushes that Alabama team over the top. I think that's still the second best team in the West. Because LSU is just better than they are this year. LSU's going to win the West again. They're solid, man. And I think Brian Kelly's doing some really good things down there. But Hugh Freeze is doing some really good things here in Auburn as well. It's been a great show. It's been a great conversation. we got to get to our final break. We'll wrap it all up on a conversation that could go on for centuries. But we'll find out what happens when the fall rolls around. 334-321-1390. we got to wrap it up when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up what has been a awesome Wednesday edition of On the Line. It has been so much fun. Uh, if you missed any of today's show, we had Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 joined us in the studio for hour number one. Uh, we talked all things recruiting, transfer portal with him got his thoughts uh he's been very very busy he says he's been working he's been on the golf course man he's been out (laughs) swinging the clubs and and trying to get the putter right but uh no he does fantastic work go check all his stuff out at auburn 247 and auburnundercover.com had him in the first hour talking all this stuff going on with auburn football with the transfers coming in he gave his thoughts on how much better is auburn right now 
thanks to the additions from the transfer portal. And his, his answer was interesting to us. And so if you missed any of that, uh, if you missed our conversation here in the second hour, been lots of quarterback talk, uh, lots of just the hypotheticals of what the quarterback situation looks like right now, what it could be, uh, who who's going to get better who's going to be the starter we've talked about different situations uh, different news with Landon King going to Utah uh, we just mentioned that uh, Julian Phillips from Tennessee is in the transfer portal so lots of exciting stuff going on yeah. if you missed any of today's show be sure to go and catch up with the podcast this is one you do not want to miss ESPNAU.com click on the podcast center right after the show today it'll be commercial free you can go and find it there or wherever you get your podcasts just search on the line the julian phillips thing is interesting it's really yeah, really 100 and i and i do wonder i cannot find any information on it anywhere we you know how there was the intra-conference uh transfer rule for football where if you weren't in the portal by things like january 15th or like february like something for grad transfers you could not transfer inside the conference mm-hmm. and play in 23 I'm curious what what the date is for that, or if that exists for basketball. To me, I would have, hmm, I would have a harder time seeing the reasoning for it in basketball because I feel like, I mean, everybody knows everybody's basketball sets, I feel like, for the most part, and I feel like there's less play-calling aspects. Maybe I am totally wrong, and this is just my, me being naive. Yeah. I am curious if we find out anything about intra-conference transfers in basketball and what can and cannot happen. That news from Rob Cassidy, head of basketball operations at Rivals. So we'll talk about it, see how it uh, all goes down with Julian Phillips in the transfer portal. But we are out of time here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Come back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.